You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, my goodness, the music. Which will be added in in post. Sounds so good. Sounds so good right now. Oh my god, that that music, Eric. Are you just just dance to it for a little bit? There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really are incenting people to join us live. The, uh, <laughs> production quality. This is the most awkward part of the podcast every time, but it doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, but it is. Uh, what can we do? Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special Monday edition of the DNVR Nuggets podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR. <laughs> Sign up. Bet on the Final Four. come on i'll tell you what let's go i'll tell you what i my vibes today very strong very strong vibes for a follow-up to what was a very low vibes day in large part because as i just put out on the timeline new bird in the pond hey new bird bird in the pond pond. the american avocet flew in this morning uh gorgeous bird in its uh breeding plumage very very handsome drake there um it was it was a good one so i'm pretty pumped uh i've also got brendan vote with me yeah i'm pumped too for you obviously i mean there's nothing it's not like good news has come through the pipeline since we've last talked but i am i am happy for you Thanks so much, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I've also got D-Line with me today. You guys know him better as Eric. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a new bird on the pond sounds like a weird, like, folksy saying for something that uh, <laughs> you, you can look forward to. You're like, you know what, guys? Times are rough, but there's always going to be a new bird on the pond tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you... Can you work that into today's show somehow, Eric? Just, <laughs> just find a way, maybe several times, just work it into conversation. Uh, you'll get oh, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got are joined by the handsome one, Harrison Wind. I legit go days without seeing any birds. <laughs> That's not true. I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, man. Downtown Denver, <laughs> no birds. birds. Yeah, th- th- not no true birds. At all. Not true at all. There's lots of birds and. Uh, I'll point them out to you. There's pigeons. Uh, allegedly, your mic's not plugged in. Uh, we're also. I, I got it. How's this now? I've, I've now. There you go. I've since there you plugged go. it in. Can you hear there, me? There you go. Just try. Uh, just try also, to get the Go, dude. Another. Uh, nothing but problems, but you, all of a sudden, a new bird on the pond, guys. Am I right? <laughs> well, that was a little too soon. <laughs> Uh, we'll work on it. We'll get better. Uh, we also are joined, of course, as always, behind the scenes by super producer Kale on the ones and twos, making all of this happen from his brand new apartment uh, there in downtown Denver. Ooh. All right. Uh, actually, I've missed a couple key details. He's not there. Today on the show, guys, we're going to talk about the big storylines for the remaining 10 games. I mean, this really is. It's funny that it's exactly 10 because I do feel like there is a chapter, a new chapter. Like we're we're turning the page, even though the Nuggets came home yesterday and played Boston. I do feel like last night's game was like sort of the end of this one phase. They now are in the seventh seed. It's like, okay, 10 games. This is a final chapter of the season. Let's see what happens. And there's all these different storylines to get to it. So without further ado, let's get right into this list. The number, I guess, eight thing on my list. I have to go in reverse order. Actually, I'm just going to say number one, but we're going in reverse order. You guys might not think this. The scoring title is a major storyline for our Denver Nuggets. Now, Jokic is 11th, so you might think, why is it a big story for the Nuggets? Because number one right now, tied for number one, Joel Embiid and LeBron James are tied for the scoring lead. Now, I believe, and I don't know what you guys think, I believe that LeBron James has one goal and one goal only this season, and that is to win the scoring title. Because then you could salvage the narrative and say, like, hey, oldest player ever to lead the league in scoring, you know, like, all, you know, 
it's just a good narrative saver for what has been a terrible year for the Lakers. But why it's important for the Nuggets is that the Nuggets play the Lakers twice over the final four games. And if you look at that game, you think the Lakers are probably going to be penciled into their slot. You know, maybe they shouldn't have motivation. But I think LeBron in those two, those two of the last four games is going to be on full on. I got to score 50 points every night to win the stupid award. And I think that actually makes those games matter a little bit. Do you think I'm am I reaching here, vote? Uh, maybe a little reach, but you've got long arms, bro. So whatever you're reaching for, it's it's within reach, I think. Um, what the hell just happened? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I here's the thing: LeBron going for it and the Lakers still being bad, as we've seen, can yeah. happen at the same time. You know, he's going for these point totals. It's not exactly like he's busting his ass on defense, you know, or running in transition. Yeah. So, I think those things can coexist. But it is you are right that it's an element. In terms of whatever LeBron is playing for, I think it's clear that's his motivation right now, and um, a monster game. To uh, I, I, yeah, I, I just think it's something he cares about right now. What do you think? What do you think there, D line? Well, the MVP, as we know, is the coronation of a long season long narrative. This is a narrative based award. I, the, the NBA is mired in narratives at this point. So, yes, of course, like the, that's very important to LeBron James to get the, the scoring title. I, you, you're talking about a guy now that I mean, he's acutely aware of all of the NBA narratives. He's a student of the game. He will talk about his legacy while still five years away from his actual own retirement. So no D line, everything he does. Does is spur of the moment. He just said this yesterday. <laughs> I'm smiling through it all. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, but I mean, yes, of course, of course, LeBron James wants that, and I, I frankly don't blame him. I mean, it's like, it's it is legitimately remarkable. I mean, it's like pretty amazing he's able to do that amongst the fire uh, that is the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, I love that. They're getting exact. They're they're just desserts for attempting to game the league in such a comically flawed fashion that we all saw wasn't going to work by just adding the oldest squad of uh, like former superstars all together. I love watching it, but you know, like whatever, like go for it, LeBron. Like get yours. And you're right. Like if um, because the MVP is just the the culmination of a long narrative. If LeBron James wins the MV or wins the scoring title, that steals narrative points away from Embiid, who if he wins the scoring title then only bolsters his opportunity his chances this is true well did you see that mm-hmm. list though harrison because this is what's interesting about it it's a three-way tie right now between joel Embiid, lebron james and Giannis attentacupo two of those guys are mvp candidates so it adds this extra layer of why the scoring title matters but the schedule is the part that really gets me because the last game of the season is lebron james we all know about the famous uh, David Thompson, George Gervin. It went back to the final game of the regular season. Those two battling for the scoring title. We might have – imagine you walk into the final game of the season. The Nuggets need it to make the playoffs. LeBron needs to score, let's say, 44 points to be the scoring title leader. Like, there's a real – we're setting up for a real scenario where the, both of those things can be true. Yeah, and the Nuggets have to rely on Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon to defend them. Like, that's right. not good. Yeah. Um, I'm just cracking up that we're sitting here at the end of what was supposed to be a championship level season for the Lakers. And we're talking about LeBron <laughs> gunning for one of the most meaningless titles in the NBA. Like what's actually more meaningless, the scoring title or second team all rookie? You know, it's, 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 it's just like so hilarious. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it's all matters. I mean, that's, a, I think it's actually a pretty cool award. Now I do think that it's <laughs> lame how aware LeBron is of these things. Like we just know that, that there's just no mystery that LeBron's like, man, this is really important to me to do this. That, that he's, part of it's a little bit, he's too aware, but the fact that he's scoring 30 a game is like, Hey, that, that's pretty wild. It's great, man. The last couple of Lakers games I've watched, they've lost, and he's pretty much chilled behind the three-point line the whole time and just <laughs> jacked up threes. So if if that's going to lead to something cool, like, cool, have at it. Have at it. I, I mean, I don't want to go full first take. <clears throat> I did see again today. You're not going to believe this. They talked to LeBron Jordan today on first take. But, oh, wow. Um, it's just crazy. It's a good question. No one's no one's really raised it yet. But I mean, look, as far as legacy goes, scoring titles absolutely crop up. So that may be exhausting for some people to talk about. Understandable. 
But as far as the LeBron James thing, it is one of the few accomplishments he has left to check off and to do it at age 37. It means something to, and Adam and I have, have joked about this before. Those of us who are watching it happen in real time, not exactly inspiring, but 10 years from now, we're just, <laughs> we're just so going to remember that he won a scoring title. So. That's, exa- that's exactly it. I'm, I'm definitely not going to remember it. I'll just, <laughs> but, but this, <laughs> is, right, this is the point. Like every, like every title, every uh, award, every whatever in the NBA has an entire story that went into it, but yeah. like it doesn't, they all wash away. And in the end you go, well, LeBron scoring title at age, blah, 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 blah. Like you just, it's just, you just have the, uh, the old notches on the bedpost, and then you just, uh, you know, that, that that's how it is that we, uh, we live in a rings culture, guys. You know this. Oh, culture. I know. This is it. It's like KD is going for his third title, but really, like, the two titles they won were, I mean, they went 16-1 and one, one year. Like, they were so dominant as a team. But at the end of the day, you're right. It gets whittled away to, like, he's chasing Curry. He's chasing LeBron. Now they're adding up. These titles are adding up. And it's like, Absolutely. well, I guess, in a way. Um, so you look at that, and, like, look, Nuggets are in the thick of it right now. Clippers, Phoenix, even I'm going to throw in Oklahoma City because they've been tough. Those are the that's a tough three game stand. Charlotte, Indiana, look, Denver's got to win those games if they want to make the playoff. Like it's, it just comes down to are those tough ones? Yes, but you got to win them. And then that Minnesota game looms large. And then you look at it and you think there just might not be anything to play for those last four games. Like Denver might catch some teams tanking, but that lake those two Lakers games just stick out to me in that one way. So here's the other thing about the Lakers games what's the deal with Anthony Davis? Is he coming back this year? Is he just done? Like, is he in Cancun? Like, is he, is he coming back? Because if he's coming back for um, a, a rousing return in the play-in tournament, um, you think he'd probably be back definitely for that last game, maybe for that, that second to last game. They're catching the Lakers at, the worst time, which is hilarious because their season's been spiraling out of control for the last two months. So but true. it is them catching the Lakers at the worst time because they are LeBron is chasing this scoring title and um that, that Anthony Davis question is out there. Yeah. Um to be fair, Dallas also plays uh you know, also has a matchup against them. So, you know, there's a little bit, you know, it's not just the Nuggets, but Dallas only playing them once. Let's move on. The number two storyline for me, we're gonna get into all the players, so don't think I'm singling out Jokic. But the question is, can Jokic carry this team over the finish line? I mean, he's carried them largely all season. I mean, yes, other guys have stepped up. Yes, guys have you know had games where they've carried the team or pockets here or there. But Jokic has been the guy that has just like carried them over through so many games. I think back to game 82, 2018, that famous uh, Wolves Nuggets game. The six games prior to that, Nuggets went on a six game winning streak. And I just remember Jokic being so good. Like it was back against the wall, it's go time, and he just went to another level. 10 games left. I kind of feel like the Nuggets need that from Jokic now. He's been doing that all year. It's been a little bit of a. I would say for his standards, mediocre, like four or five game stretch here. It's almost like Yoke has to wake up this morning and go, yeah, you got to be like your best self for the next five, six straight weeks. You just got to do it. There's just no other way around it. So that's my big question, Harrison. What do you think? Can Jokic carry them? Meaning, can he play his best basketball for 10 straight games? I think he can. Um, he did have a, a really interesting quote last night when he was asked about the double teams and the triple teams getting to him. And of course, last night against Boston, he had one of his worst shooting performances of his career. And last night he said, probably I just need to let the ball go and just trust my teammates. That's going to help us a lot. It's probably going to take some pressure off of me. I would bet like Jokic's assists tomorrow against the Clippers. Mm. I feel like he came out of that game. I don't know if it was the questions he was asked after. I don't know if it was something that was said in the locker room. I kind of feel like he came out of that game thinking I tried to do too much myself. And I I just think like he could look to pass a little more, but still he can be in that mode and be absolutely the best player in the world. So I I could see his play style maybe shifting a little bit from where it was last night against Boston, where he's just trying to score every single time. Um, But 
yeah, in short, I, I think he can still carry him. I, I think he's got it in the, in the tank. What do you think, Eric? <sighs> so here's the thing is that the league is now playing Jokic as though they are all in a seven-game series with him. They are coming in and are, are tailoring their defense to specifically counteract Jokic in a way that doesn't necessarily happen in the regular season. Usually you just sort of uh, come in and you play your game, the other team plays their game, and the chips fall where they may. But now, I mean, we've been talking about this now for a few games now. Like, teams are legitimately fully selling out on Jokic. They are sending literally three defenders every time he touches the ball, and he's not even able to turn around without there being a guy there to knock the ball out of his hands he's like we're seeing him turn the ball over we're seeing him getting his shot blocked like things that were just like unthinkable um even just like a month ago and so i don't know man it's 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 tough like we're just seeing the result of just not having a strong supporting cast and like what it looks like to have one player that you can train in on and you can neutralize in effect so like i don't know that he can play harder or smarter or better um last night was i hope just an aberration like he was just you know he was just missing shots i think it was a really good team like honestly i just think it was a really good defensive man people are freaking out people are freaking out way too much about this loss to be i mean boston Specifically Boston. about Jokic. I'm just saying specifically yeah. Jokic had a tough game last night because he was guarded by the best defense over the last three months. It's the best defense in the league this year, and nobody's hotter than the Celtics right now. I actually don't know if he was double and triple teamed as much as we think last night, and that's honestly the reason why he shot so much. I think he just missed a ton of shots and, and combine that with Boston having some good defenders and just a good game plan. Yeah. I agree with Wind, and I actually don't really want Jokic to change that approach. He doesn't need my help, but since you're asking, it's my answer. I think I, I would like to see more of those New Orleans and Clippers and just – I think he missed some shots that he's hit all season, and the defense was good, but I'd rather just see Jokic hit them. Like, the Boston gives up a lot of flowers and pull-up mid-range jump shots, and, I mean, Jokic can destroy you that way. And last night he just did it. So um, I do think part of this is Boston's defense. You have to credit them, but there is just – Jokic can be better, and he wasn't. To answer the larger question, I absolutely think he can carry these guys down the stretch. I really do. I expect to see it, um, and he'll need to. I do think the rest of this supporting cast, we might see some moments here and there, but I think they're spent. I think it's the final third of a season where they've all had to be in extended roles. I think a lot of them filled in admirably. Even some of the guys we're, we're particularly upset with now, I just don't know how much is left in the tank. So he's got to be that dude. But I think we all know he can be. Here's the last one before we go to a break. So topic number three on our list. Can the Nuggets win at home? So exciting news, everybody. Seven of the last ten games of the season at home, at Ball Mm. Arena. Automatic wins, right? There we go. Turns out the Nuggets have the same record at home as they do on the road this year, or basically the exact same record. It has not been a place where they have had great success. So that's one of my questions is like, is home court advantage, is there something to home court advantage this year just not being the same? Or is there something else brewing? I'll let you go first, Eric. (sighs) The Nuggets are so confusing right now. Like uh, two days ago, I was like, man, we are rounding into form. Everything is beautiful. The vibes are immaculate. You can't lose. And now, like after last night, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Who are we? Who who are we? Like, what are we even thinking that we can go up against these teams and compete? I, I'm in such a strange place with this team right now. I mean, it feels like that um, just being able to get accustomed to something will allow you to change, and you know, it won't be about where you're playing. It'll just you just either are comfortable or you're not comfortable. And they they did not appear comfortable last night. I don't know if it's because they are used to now somehow being on the road. Uh, There's distractions at home that maybe they haven't been dealing with. I I said it last night. I've been uh, given inside information that maybe the baby is causing Jokic. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) This isn't inside information. This is reckless (laughs) speculation about the fact that there is a child. That's a fact. All I'm saying is all all I just want. Listen, all I'm saying is if it goes badly, we need to all blame Jokic's child. (laughs) Definitely don't do that. Yeah, just to be clear, anybody watching. He is joking. 
this is your first time tuning in. He does this. Harrison, what do you think though about this home thing? This- I've I've no idea, man. It's it's been a mystery the entire season. Um I mean, what are they? 20 and 14 at home right now. They usually don't lose more than 10 games at home or 11 games at home in a season. Last year they lost 11, the year before that they lost 11. The year before that they lost 7. So this is it, it's crazy. Um, I have no idea. I'm I'm completely stumped on this one. I have no clue why they're so bad at home. Vote any theories? I mean, but no. also, do you see it as a big deal? I mean, seven of three at home, like go fit. If they're twenty and fourteen, if you win all seven, you finish twenty-seven fourteen. That's actually all right. That's that's in line with what you should expect this year. But in every loss below that, like twenty-seven and fourteen, is about par for what you would have expected yeah. sure. this year. No, it is a big deal, Adam. I think we talked about sort of the ingredients for consistent playoff teams, keeping your head above water no matter what. One one part of that is winning all these games against below 500 teams. They've done that. That's great. Another part of that is taking care of business at home. you got to win those games. It should be an advantage. And it has not been for Denver, fellas. And I don't know why. I was on a call when Austin Rivers was asked this same question. And he laughed and he said he offered some theories, but he ultimately said, I have no idea. And I do think this is maybe it has a snowball effect, but whatever the catalyst is, maybe there isn't one. I don't I'm not sure I can put my finger on it. Um, All right, let's take a break. You you still would rather these games at home, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ten times out of ten. Do you want to play the Thunder at home or on the road? You want to play them at home? No matter what your record is there. This is like your old theory that that Jamal Murray is better on a hobbled ankle or something. It's like, we just got to hobble his ankle and then we'll be better. Like, hold on, no. That theory does not hold up on a bad knee. I'm just yeah, saying that. Sadly, not a bad Should knee. the Nuggets be playing Fakumore at home, Harrison? And maybe exclusively. Maybe that's what they're missing. <laughs> Let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to get into one of our uh, well-worn topics of the season. MPJ's return. What it means. We'll get into that on the next time. <laughs> what a tease. Breckenridge Brewery, guys, is the official beer of DNVR. If you're in Denver, if you're in the area, if you're local, come down to the DNVR bar. We've got Breck Brew on tap. We've got Breck Brew seltzers chilling in the fridge. It's the best spot in Denver. The mecca of Denver sports, the DNVR bar. So if you're in the area, come to the corner of Colfax and York. Get some Breck Brew while you're there. If you're not local, it's okay. Hit up the Breck Brew Beer Locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. That will give you the exact location of the closest Breck Brew to you. Um, oh, yeah. So check that out. And then, like I said, if you're local, stop in the, into the DNVR bar for all your Breck Brew needs. Also at DraftKings Sportsbook this week, we've got college basketball action, of course. Join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on same game parlays with college hoops. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Good job, Harrison. Amazing um, job. Our, no, amazing job. So much better than that guy last night. Jesus. My God, they were stumbling <laughs> left and right. It was ridiculous. Uh, back here retail. on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Don't forget, this is also a podcast. So if you ever miss the show live here on YouTube, most people actually consume this as a podcast, so you want to always check that out. You can listen in your car or where have you. And also a reminder that Saturday is our Ball Arena takeover. A lot of you, I say 100 of you, are going to that. Tickets are already sold out. But if you want to come to the bar and just be part of the pregame festivities and then hang out at the bar, if you didn't get a ticket to the party bus, you didn't get a ticket to the game, you just want to go to the DNVR bar, that should be a really fun night. So you want to check that out on Saturday. Uh, I'll probably be there for several hours yeah. before the game. Like Plus, our homie Haley, who's in the chat right now, has a ticket she cannot use. If you want to Harry's buy her so ticket, hard. 
I want to buy. I love Haley. Like, no, you're. Yeah. Really funny. I'm so bummed out. She can't. She can't get work off. I was so excited for her to come, and now she can't come. And so I don't want her to to add insult to injury and also take a financial L. So let's help out Haley. Buy that ticket. I, I think we should rather just like call her boss. Would she appreciate that if we just like cold call her boss? Yeah, what do you think? Like, what the hell? Yeah, what do you think, Haley? You're in the chat. What if we, Dude, the four of us, link. called your boss? Yeah, <laughs> Haley, like, drop him a Skype link, and it's us. We hear Not you're cool. being kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, hey, we got Haley fired. Our bad. But available <laughs> for the party bus. Um, Michael Porter Jr. We're going to talk about Jamal Murray. He's going to, spoiler alert, he's going to be the last one. But Michael Porter Jr.'s return is this other piece to it. I, now, I was looking up some numbers as I was preparing for the show. Last year, after Jamal Murray went down, Michael Porter Jr. averaged 23.5 points per game. He shot almost 60% from the field, almost 50% from the three-point line over a 17-game stretch. I looked it up for Jamal Murray. He's only done that one time in his career, and it was in the 17 games immediately preceding his injury. So Michael Porter Jr. for at least a 17-game stretch in the regular season was playing at this ridiculously high level. We have no news updates for him. He's out. (laughs) Harrison Wind is reporting that he is listed as out on the game notes for tomorrow night's game. So once again, Tuesday does not look to be the return date. Um, Harrison, is this... Is this a thing that's hanging over the heads of the players? The, the Jamal Murray piece sounds to me like we're going to get to it, but it just sounds so far away or, or it doesn't sound like it's on it. But Michael Porter, I do feel like, is the one that we just don't have updates on that could happen any moment. Do you think it's hanging over everybody's head? It's hanging over our head. I don't think it's hanging over the players' heads. <laughs> I've, I've said this stuff a lot, man. Like, nobody knows this about NBA players. Everything they do is so day-to-day, game-to-game, I, I don't believe NBA players like fall victim to trap games. Like I really don't. They could fall victim to playing a bad team conveniently the game before they play a good team. But guys just live in such a day-to-day game-to-game world where I don't think it's really hanging over everybody's head. I do get the feeling it could happen any day. And sometime during this homestand would honestly make the most sense. It seems like he's been ready to go. Um, like he almost went up to Grand Rapids and was, I think, in fine shape to like play in a G League game. I, I, I'm not sure what the final holdup is, but like you said, I feel like any day we could just see that he's back. Vote, is it a little weird to you though, these updates? I mean, today Joe Varden at The Athletic reported that he didn't go to Grand Rapids because he didn't want to. Like, he didn't want to train there. He wanted to stay at Denver and train. Like, is some of this just weird to you? A little bit, sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember sort of talking around this with Wynn too on the podcast recently, but I'm not, that is weird to me. And it does sort of speak to a couple of things. A, I didn't really realize. Porter had that sort of is it cachet? Is that the word I'm looking for? To just I think sure players is. can players. I think we learned this with Bull Bull that only first year two way player something like they don't have to go. They can say like no have, thing. right. Um, NBA so players like, don't have to do anything. Man. I'm learning that for sure. <laughs> I don't I'm have to listen that. to anyone if they don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes they don't. Um, so that part's surprising. I, I will say as far as the updates go. I would like for the next update to be a mother leaping update until then. Can we just wait? Yeah. Like every update tells me what the last update told me, which is maybe, ah, yeah. maybe I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want any more updates until you either know for sure or you, or you know, it's not. Happening. I have to say the biggest disappointment of this season, potentially of my life is the addition of the grand rapids gold as our G league squad. I was like, man, this is incredible. We're going to get our players we got a, a whole roster of players we can pull from. All we do is make the rest of the NBA better. Our guys, when they need, when our guys actually need to have rehab assignments, they don't want to go. Away. They don't even go there. What is the like, point of the yeah, Grand Rapids goal? I, I can't imagine Tim Conley <laughs> thought his first year of the G League team was just going to be losing all his players. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, he's like, man, I love finding players for the Nuggets. Like, nothing would make me happier just to do this full-time for everybody. Everyone in the league. <laughs> Nick Stauskas, Isaiah Thomas. Yo, yo, I'm so glad Stauskas did not make a three last. I was worried he was going to come in and just, like, make four threes or something just for good measure. And be like, well, <laughs> I want to die. Uh, <laughs> it's a funny point, though, D-Line. You're right. Like, 
it's funny to me whenever I get the people in my mentions that are like, Tim Conley has not brought yeah. in requisite player. I'm always like, he literally has discovered half the NBA right now. <laughs> half, the NBA, right. half of the Northwest Division is Tim Conley scouted players. Yes. Yes. Right. Rival just, teams were just like, Adam Silver, we need the Nuggets to get a G League team. You've got to put your foot Dude, down I'm, on this, man. We, we don't want to scout anymore. I'm saying I spent the last mm, 10 years of my life bemoaning the fact that we had a bad training facility. We didn't even have a G League team. How is this team supposed to go anywhere? without a G League team, and then we have a G League team. I, like, what is the point of this goddamn G League team? It's pretty far away. Like, that, that part it is, is far away, but like, I thought, whatever. That's I, true. That's a good point. I, like, I love the fact that they're like, all right, MPJ, just go to Grand Rapids. He's like, no. No. You're like, all right. I feel well. good, but how about no? <laughs> Oh, this Nuggets season is such a like ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It At parts, it feels like a complete and utter disaster. And then at other moments, you're like, well, we well, can I mean, win the championship. So it know. is like, like Tim Connolly assembled a private jet, and then one of the actual fucking wings fell off. And we're like, man, this thing just doesn't fly. The yeah. Way I, it. <laughs> it's so true. I know. Like, we know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> we know what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's really hard. It's really hard. You got to laugh, though, man. You really got to laugh. All right, number five, and this is really number one, but it's number five on the list here today. We're I don't even know what we just talked about for number We just talked about MPJ referred. <laughs> well, actually, there's one more thing on the MPJ thing, and that is I'm going to bring this up again, the old schedule, guys. We're going to get very familiar with the old schedule graphic. But when, if, if we're going to say that Michael Porter is 100% coming back, where is the game for him to come back? Yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. Well, this is the wrong schedule. This is not the right one. Well, yesterday, the one thing I will say is that that was probably the best team in the NBA, <laughs> like at least in terms of regular season, who's streaking right now. Boston is – this is not the first time they've won by 30 points. They've been doing this pretty regularly. But if you look at the Nuggets schedule now for the rest of the year, what Eric, I'll start with you on this one. What's the perfect game to bring him back? Uh, maybe Phoenix. Just – if you're talking about like – for the vibes or for uh I, I just mean like not because he would probably excel in that game but just sort of like a pick me up just like a, a, a statement like yeah. and not only that it's on nba tv um you just sucked against these guys in the playoffs now go play them in the regular season i mean that's well, a part he, of it like, okay, like you got a tnt he... game against the clippers like okay we're bringing you back on national television oh by the way this is an absolute must win we cannot lose this game let's bring you back that's tough Phoenix, the number one team in the Western Conference. I, dude, I like that. I like, but I like just like you know, like let's make a statement. Like let's let's come back. Like imagine winning the game uh, against Phoenix because Michael Porter Jr. comes back. I, I'm, I'm yeah. going for a, a, a pure vibes uh, yeah. answer here. I mean, if you're talking it's, about like what makes sense, it's probably like Oklahoma City, like a low. Pressure it's clearly game Oklahoma City. Like, yeah. All it's, right. It's clearly just, Oklahoma City. Um. Like, the thing is, though, like, those stats you rattled off were awesome, Adam, but those were after he had played three months of a regular season, four months of, of a regular season. Of I mean, course. the only live basketball he's been playing is against his younger brother who goes to DU and some random kid in the Nuggets practice facility that we don't know who he is. That's, yeah. that's the extent of the basketball he's been playing. So the sooner he gets back, the better. He's got to rant as much as possible. Um, yeah, I don't know what that echo is. But they've got to just get as many games under his belt as possible before the playoffs because he's going to be rusty, man, especially on defense. I, I think it's the Oklahoma City game, but that one's even tough. Like Denver struggles against Oklahoma City. I, I do still think it's the right one just because these next two there, – there is – you talked about how the vibes, Eric, he comes back and they win. But the vibes, if he comes back and they lose a game that was like a must win, I, that that's equally as difficult of a spot to put a player in and, by the way, put the entire team in. Oh, Jim Michael Green, thanks for playing well. You're going to get a DNP tonight on a very tough must-win game. Like, there's just so many things there. Oklahoma City makes sense. Then you get a little road trip there, Charlotte and Indiana, for him to get ready before the real one that I think you want to have him at least semi-integrated into, which is that Minnesota game. So to me, it, it makes sense that it would be Oklahoma City. So I'm rooting for that. But let's get to this Minnesota game because that is obviously the next item on here. 
I don't know if the whole season's going to come down to that game. Like there, as we just mentioned, Denver has a lot of tough games. Minnesota has a lot of tough games too, but Denver has a lot of tough games. But that one to me is obviously at this point a must win. I do not see a way for Denver to get the sixth seed without beating Minnesota. And it really reminds you of game 82 back in 2018, where it's going to be for all the marbles. Like both teams are going to come into that game. It's going to be an absolute battle. Um, I don't know, Eric, are you excited for that game? And just how do you see that game going? I don't know, man. I don't know what we're doing anymore. I don't know who this Nugget squad is. Games we should win, we don't win. Games we should lose, we I, like. I, don't, I just don't know where my head is with the Nuggets are Nuggets right now. I mean, I, I like I. They seem so rudderless at this exact moment in time. Like they seemed because we watched them get just absolutely blasted last night. It's like one of those times where you're like. Okay, we don't have any players outside of Jokic. We can't rely on anyone to do anything. The bench is like uh, the bench is the only exciting thing at, on this team outside of the starters, which is the craziest statement ever. I mean, outside of Jokic. Um, so, I, dude, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we, 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 where are you guys with the Nuggets right like right now? I, I do we I, do we feel like they are they have lost their way or that they are, are just uh, victims of circumstance? I mean, to, they were playing very well, right? We can go into a short window and go, oh, it's looked rough against some good teams. But, you know, that could also just be that particular insane run they were on kind of sputtering out a little bit. Would I be terribly surprised if they look better again tomorrow or the next game? No. You know what I mean? No. Like the, the This concern... is the thing is you turn it around and you actually have momentum going into the playoffs. Like especially 100%. that Minnesota game can be a total swing where if you win that one – and you take a commanding lead of that spot, you might actually feel good about yourself in a way that's like, you know what, we can do this. There's a harsh, unforgiving reality to the standings right now that elevate every loss, as they should. That's appropriate. But as far as tracking where the team's at, I know the wheels fell off in the execution department a little bit, but like, are they really down that bad, or did they just have a couple tough games against some no. tough teams win? Here's, here's what happened. I think the Nuggets are the same team right now that they've been probably since – around the all-star break or a little before i really do before, yeah. they took advantage of a really easy schedule agreed um in february they beat the teams they should have now their last four losses boston at cleveland versus toronto versus golden state like those are four legit teams so i think they're honestly the same kind of team that they've been for a bit now and i actually am not sure if that minnesota game it, is going to come down to it entirely. I know it looks like Minnesota is on a freaking mission right now. Um, but these are their next four games, Minnesota. Or really their next five games before Denver. At Dallas versus Phoenix versus Dallas at Boston at Toronto. None of those are gimmies. Like I said, I know Minnesota five. seems they seem like they're on a mission right now. They're so determined. This is a new team. I'm just saying, like, they have a much tougher schedule than Denver does down the stretch. Much tougher. Do you think much? I don't think much tougher. I think it's a one-game so. tougher. I think, like, if I extrapolate what I expect, I expect them to win one, lose one less, one more game than Denver does. So could, that's could why Dallas I think fall, it might come down. Could Dallas fall all the way? And, and They Denver could, but it's harder. Them. They're two games up it's on Denver right now in the loss, and they have the tiebreaker, so they would, yeah, they would need to lead three more than Denver, basically. <laughs> Um, so it's tough. I do. That brings me to the next point. We could still talk about the Minnesota game through this lens, but that is, can the Nuggets beat good teams? Because this is part of your point, and I agree with you, Harrison. Remember Joel Embiid, player of the month in, in January, they didn't play a single playoff team that whole stretch. Yeah. Like, they just had the easiest part. Dominant. They went on this big run. Turns out, then they they've kind of fumbled since then. Nuggets had a similar thing in that they had two or three really good wins in that stretch you're talking about, but they also just got a nice – that was the easy part of their schedule. It finally caught up to them, and they went on a nice run. But here's their record. One and two against Dallas, three and one against the Warriors, 0 oh and three against Memphis, one and one against Phoenix, that one win being the first game of the season, 0 oh and four versus Utah. That's five and 11 against the teams that are ahead of them in the Western stand, uh, Conference standings. They just – I think that's honestly the sneaky truth of this Nuggets team is that – they have managed to beat up on bad teams, but they don't really compete that well against good teams. And that's why it's a little concerning when you talk about the Minnesota game because Minnesota is right on that line. <laughs> They're mm -hmm. just good enough to be on the good team club, but not quite great. So 
I don't know. Is that a concerning trend? Eric, you're shaking your head. Is this the harsh truth? Uh, it's the harsh truth, but it's also a harsh truth that uh, the Nuggets, and I see here in the, the comments, like the, the team seems tired. They seem, oh, yeah. we've seen them come out against uh, top level competition and, and rise to the occasion and, you know, <clears throat> play connected basketball. We've seen the ball pop. We've seen all the things that we look for, all of the, the markers of a successful and happy Nuggets team. We've seen it. We've not seen it here for a little while, and it really feels like they are just paddling upstream, trying to make the best of like a bad situation. Um, I mean, I think, I think that, that, that win against the 76ers was a very, very good win. Um, it, it, was. it really shows that they, they have the grit. They have what it takes to sort of make things happen um, when they need to. But I also am wondering if the team is sort of like playing the way that Jokic plays, where they're only giving as much energy as they have with the end of the season in their eyeline, thinking like, all right, we got to kind of make, you know, like they they can't quite get up to where they need to for some of these some of this competition because they're just tired. And they're like, if we're going to make it all the way, like I can't just go out and, and uh, you know, give everything I've got, like not at the front of their minds, but just sort of like that looks the way that they are approaching it. They're just like in the last couple of miles of a marathon and they're, they're just like hanging on. Um, but all that to say, like, I think that they have in them what it takes. And when their back is truly against the wall, I, like I have seen this nugget squad come out time and time again and, and show us that they have the ability to turn it on. It's just, you know, are we in that place where they're feeling it? Like, it, mm. it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Hopefully some guys get feeling it. On the other side, we're going to take our, our final break here. But on the other side, I'm going to get into some specific players now and talk Uh-oh. about the challenge ahead of the specific <laughs> ones. I imagine the chat, including Rob, Rob Sheldon. Hey, man, you can always have your – he has some really hot takes today in the chat here, including that Malik Beasley, who spent some time in jail and has been a literally prison. family, was prison. Uh, a better pick from, for the, the, that Tim Conley <laughs> should have held on to him. But it's okay. You can send us these takes. It's fine. We got you. Uh, we'll take a break on the other side. We're going to part of that, though. Kind What's of, that? No, uh, I'm just belaboring the point. Eric Vanderbilt was the best player in that deal. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, have you not been able to watch Nuggets or Avalanche games this year? We've got a solution Lucky for you. you if that's the case. Evoca TV. Uh, They are a totally new paradigm for TV delivery that is less expensive, more efficient, and offers a superior picture than legacy providers. They also have Altitude Sports and other national channels. So go to evoca.tv slash dnvr. evoca.tv slash dnvr. It's $25 a month. No contracts, no hidden fees. Your price is locked in for two years. For two years, you get that price. $25 a month. Better picture quality than cable. You get altitude. You get a bunch of other national channels as well. So go to evoca.tv slash DNVR to get signed up with them. Also at Light Jade Dispensary right now, you guys can pick up some Wana, some Wana Optimals, fast asleep. Need to wanna, catch wanna, a don't you wanna. after the big game. No matter when you take them, this well-rounded recipe will leave you feeling rested and refreshed in the morning. Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies offer a holistic plant-based solution that tackles the root causes of sleepiness like stress and pain. So where can you find Wana? You can get it at Colorado's premier dispensary, <laughs> Lightshade, with 10 soon-to-be 11 locations. Convenient in Denver, in Aurora. Uh, they offer someone for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. Podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items with the code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. They've got 11 of them throughout Denver and Aurora. You can get 25% off non-sale items with the code DNVR. I love it. The Anat playoffs. Come on, Yoke. We need an Anat stretch right here, but it's going to last for like three months. We really need a long stretch of Anat here. Just pure spite. Uh, I love that we have a Raptors fan that just stumbled in. I wonder, I'm trying to think of what the headline said that a Raptors fan was like, dude, Ooh. what the hell? That's what I'm trying. We even like know that Raptors like, was all right. a while ago. <laughs> Chat is punch drunk right now. Um, all right, let's get to our final three here. <clears throat> oh my God, this should go over well in the chat. I want to talk about Aaron Gordon, Will oh, Barton, God. Oh, and God. Jeff Green. <laughs> three guys here who, like, 
I don't three. know what should be expected. I mean, this is the hard part about it, what should be expected. But Jeff Green, I'm going to put him <clears throat> to the side just a little bit. This 10-game stretch, this is a big Aaron Gordon, Will Barton 10-game stretch. The Nuggets, like, yes, Jokic is amazing. Like, he's awesome. He's more. We just talked about him carrying him. He can do a lot, and he can get him awfully close. Nuggets need Aaron Gordon and Will Barton to be their best self. Not, not the version of them that they've been for the last two, maybe three months even. They really need, like, a gut check moment for those guys. And I just don't know. I, right now, I, I don't really – I'm excited to see it play out, but I don't have a prediction for it. Eric, what are the Nuggets going to get? out of Aaron Gordon and Will Barton coming up. Nobody typifies the tired Denver Nuggets more than Aaron Gordon. Like nobody is a bigger emblem for that. Like I don't know, man. He's been he's been rough lately. He's been super rough and he was the guy that we were all looking at as the 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 the, the running mate, the bat or the the Robin to to Joker's Batman and we've gotten absolutely nothing like remotely close to that from him lately. <clears throat> and Will Barton is all over the map, man. He has like a good game, then he has just an absolutely atrocious game. Then he has, I mean, he just makes plays that are just so frustrating, so like confounding, and it just like makes you angry, scratch your head. What are we going to get out of them? I mean, I, I have the faith, I, I have faith in both of them to be able to, to, to turn around and like actually make this happen. Like, I, I really do believe this, this thing that, the Nuggets sort of like rise to the occasion uh, and the occasion just has not really hit them yet. They just are sort of like going about their business. I mean, I, I mean, frankly, like I haven't even started looking at the standings yet. I just started now. I'm like, Oh fuck, 10 games. Like I'm starting to, like, you know what I mean? Like I'm starting to get into postseason mode a little bit. Like I got to think that that is starting to dawn on them. And, and Will Barton was terrible, but it wasn't for lack of effort. Like AG, it is for lack of effort, but it just, just seems like he doesn't have like he's just laboring, right? Like, I don't know if the man yeah. needs just more time off or if it's just um, I don't. There's know. no time like, off, but it's like concerning. The, it's concerning. The opportunity yeah, to take time there. off has passed. Like now, it's like, hey man, rub some uh, some sand on it or rub whatever. Rub some dirt on it. <laughs> uh, Harrison, what do you expect out of these guys? Sand. That would hurt. Yeah, that was the wrong one. It's dirt. It's definitely dirt. Sand. <laughs> Grinding it in there. Um. I've got no idea what to expect. If I had to bank on one guy stepping up and getting back to the level or close to the level he was playing at earlier this season, it's Aaron Gordon. I mean, Will Barton just looks beat, man. He yeah. looks like for another year in a row, the huge minutes that he played early in the season are coming back to bite him right now. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because we've talked about this every single year and we even talked about it in those preseason preview shows. Like the Nuggets have to be uh, cognizant of the minutes that Will Barton's playing at the beginning of the Ooh year, boy. <laughs> so he doesn't break down at the end of the year. And yeah. that's what's happening. I mean, he's had three of his four worst shooting nights of the season over the Nuggets' last twelve games. He's thirty-seven and a half percent from the floor after the All Star break. He's been really bad for the last couple of months. Just because we know what Aaron Gordon can give them defensively, that's why I just have more hope in him being more reliable in the playoffs over the rest of the regular season. But I, I don't know what we're getting night tonight with those guys. I, I and I don't think what they've done has like proven that we should know. Like they're huge yeah. question marks. Well, I, I I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, especially at this stage in his career after the. Uh, after the injuries, I think this was just too many minutes and too much, too elevated of a role for Barton at this point. I think he maybe could have survived another 82. Obviously he hasn't gone down with an injury, but like looked fresh. Were the guys was if the band was still together, but they're not, those are not the present circumstances. And I think that's exactly what's happened. What he was occasionally able to do in that first third of the season. I am not holding my breath to see that anytime soon. I think they're both running on empty guys. And so can they dig deep and scrape some utility from the bottom of the barrel? They can, and the, nugget, the Nuggets need it, so I won't write it out. But both of these guys, to me, look like they're, they've just been run into the ground. Um, and that was, that was the number one thing we were hoping would not have to happen this year. And the second Porter went down. I mean, it's not just not having Porter. It's what it did to those two guys, um, to me, that it's just like the, the domino effect right now. Yeah, I think um... – 
the Nuggets need Barton and Gordon to each win the Nuggets one game. And I don't mean through hero ball. I just mean through like doing some like for Aaron Gordon, it, it probably isn't hero ball. It's probably more about rebounding and defense with Will Barton. It might be defense and, and maybe some clutch playmaking, meaning knocking down the open shots within the rhythm. Like I just don't think the Nuggets can get through this 10 game stretch with Jokic going nuclear by himself with like guys that are not pitching in. They got to get some. I mean, we think about the big games this year, that Clippers game. Jokic was near perfect, but it ended with Aaron Gordon making the game winner. You think about Monte Morris, the game ended with him against the that's Warriors the making them on like that's what the Nuggets are gonna need. They're gonna they don't need guys that can save them. Jokic can save them and, and 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 carry them, but they need guys that fit in and do their job. And 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 I'll bring Jeff Green back into the fold. I think we let we think about Jeff Green less in terms of winning a game for you, like the way we do Barton or Aaron Gordon. But he's the rebounding is important. Like the Nuggets are getting killed on the boards right now. The the book is out. Jeff Green needs to have his best ten game rebounding stretch of the season. Starting it's Jeremy now. Grant levels, dude. It's Jeremy dude, Grant. This levels has been like, the case oh, all three. season. This has been the thing all season with Jeff Green. Yeah, like he hasn't rebounded it all year. He has three rebounds over his last fifty seven minutes. That's the last two games. <laughs> In games where rebounding like, were the biggest It's not factors. even like we need Jeff Green to go out there and get 10 rebounds or eight or six. Just go out there and do the stuff that is usually required at the position you play. Yeah. Just get in there, man. Get so a rebound. So those three guys, like the Nuggets need at least two of them to really step up now. I think Barton and Aaron Gordon are the ones most likely to. But, hey, man, I mean, who knows? Barton is not. Barton has been so frustrating over the last, like, 40 games that I'm not really counting on. Maybe it is Jeff Green that steps up. How about Monte uh, Morris? I, I mean, Monte, I think Monte is a guy who can have – like, I, I know he looks tired too, but some of the games he's played over the last month – here's what I'm saying. I, I don't think I know better than Michael Malone, but I – let Monte close the games. We need that guy out there. We need his yeah, execution. Yeah. And he is one of those guys right now that can run in action with Jokic and make the defense at least consider his half of that equation as well. So I, I would like to see him stay. I, I, I do, it's I do have more confidence game. in Monte than any yeah. of those guys by far. Like, it's not yeah. even close. No, that's why he's not on this list because I don't feel yeah. like he's had the dip that those other three have sort of had. Um, we are down so bad. We're down <laughs> what so happened to us? We're listening to us. Uh, here's a second to last one Who's in the foxhole? The big question Who's in the foxhole? Because the Nuggets, if we are 10 days away from the playoffs or the play in, either one, you know, who are the guys that you can rely on? I think here are the locks. Jokic is in the foxhole. Monte Morris is in the foxhole, whether he plays well or not. Like, He's in. Like, he's going to get his chances. He's going to, like, the Nuggets just need him. I think Aaron Gordon and Will Barton, as as much as they have been up and down, mostly down lately, they're in the foxhole. You're not going to, like, go away from those guys, right? Like, you're not going to change things up. They're I mean, mostly point. because there's just nobody else, but yeah. But even with Will Barton, like, you could make a case. I see people sometimes being like, put Rivers in or Davon Reed or something like this. Like, 10 games left, I don't see that happening could their minutes be reduced? Yes, but they're going to play and they're going to be part of the Denver Nuggets' game plan. If you move on from Barton, it's going to be in the offseason. It is not going right. to be right. like next week. They're just like, you know what? Big shakeup. We're, we're, we're benching Barton and playing someone else. It's just not going to happen. So those four guys are in the foxhole. Whether or not they're going to perform, we'll find out. But here's the big question. I'm going to go through and you tell me what your confidence level that they are going to be in the foxhole. Not in the playoffs, but over this 10-game stretch that Michael mm. Malone says, you know what? These guys are just – these are my guys. Bones Highland. And yes. Buxle. Absolutely. I think he's at, too. At like, the front. Closing the other day, Buxle, just... baby. Buckets, <laughs> bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been – like, we, we've had him in the foxhole for a while, but, like, Michael Malone closing with him, that just shows you. Like, did he go swing too far? Probably. He might have swung too far in the foxhole. Gave him too much responsibility there. But, but maybe – but I do think it shows that Michael Malone has a very um, – strong sort of faith in him um boogie cousins oh big fox dude they're gonna make the foxhole deeper to accommodate boogie cousins <laughs> yes seven foot foxhole for him <laughs> and Jokic. i think so as well i think these guys are locks and then jamichael green foxhole for sure well i gotta find a different jamichael yeah. green is he in the foxhole yes definitely hold on here's a question though michael porter jr's back is he still in the foxhole I think, does Michael Porter have to get back into the foxhole? 
I'm telling. Oh my god, I might get a return <laughs> yes. where he gets a DNP, man. Oh, like, man. what are we doing here? I think Zeke. Honestly, I think Zeke's out. Like at this point, I don't think you can play Zeke just for sure. He's missed too much. Is time. he healthy? Yeah. No, I I haven't he's seen Zeke in months. But that's what yeah. I mean. Is if he came back now and it's like, hey, he's no. ready to yeah. play, it'd be like, man, there's just not enough time. I'm sorry. Um, so, go ahead. Is there any? Let's say Porter's back and he looks good. I know this might sound blasphemous to some. I would keep J Mike in, and I might lose some of the i might lose these jeff green minutes i like the way j mike's been playing i know it's not going to be five-man bench lineups in the playoffs though so it's a little different so maybe i i'm overreaching here but there's something to the utility that j mike has rediscovered as jeff green kind of slowly declines that that's made me wonder about that. jeff green over mpj raises your floor but it significantly lowers your ceiling and it's an interesting thing of like is that the guy that gets canceled out of the rotation and Ty goes from starter to just not playing? Like Right, right, which is hard to see, but you get what I'm getting at. I of course, because I, I see it. I might be actually be the one to pull the trigger on that because I, I'm with you. J. Mike and Boogie is kind of working. Here's the crazy one, guys. Bryn Forbes. I think he's out of the foxhole. I think he plays in every game. I don't think the Nuggets don't go – like, but I think he's a guy that's like, does he have it tonight or not? We'll find out in the first stint. I think you're exactly right. He – maybe plays with the bench unit in that first stint and that might be it. Or he might come back in the second half. Like that's what happened against Boston. Yeah. Gun for hire. He honestly might be a minutes by minutes guy where it's like, Hey, you're going in for two minutes. I need you to make threes. If you're open. Don't you think Malone's having a hard time with it because Bryn doesn't appear to know where he's supposed to be a lot of the time. Yeah. I think that makes it hard to be a foxhole guy when there's like a, Hey Bryn, where are you going? Like what are you doing? Uh, Eric has no takes on Bryn Forbes. I'm, I'm just, I don't, I'm just trying to think. Like Bryn Forbes was this, just the, uh, the, the, I don't know, the week by week saga that is this goddamn godforsaken Nugget season. Bryn Forbes has been like really reliable. Like once we got him, and he and Boogie started to like come together. Uh, Boogie was able to set screens to spring him loose. He was hitting shots. I'd be surprised if he. I mean. <clears throat> When you say he's not in the foxhole, that means what? That like there's a chance he doesn't play in Yeah, that, like that, that it might just be that like we're down to the final two games. <laughs> yeah, like a, no, here's what I mean. It's that you're down to the final two games of the season. You need these bad. Malone shortens the rotation to an eight man rotation. Oh, is like, he out hey, of the man. rotation? No, he's not out of the rotation. There's no way. Oh, I totally could see. I'm are you kidding me? Like another one, like the Minnesota game. Very important. All the marbles. Does that rotation go down to eight? Does it go down to nine? Does Jokic play forty minutes and now like where are the rest of the minutes? Are you you're laughing at this, Harrison? You think it's crazy? No, I'm I'm laughing at a commenter saying Malone wants to run the triangle so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, it took it took seventy five games to get to that take, but happy <laughs> we're here. Uh, Austin Rivers, I think he's in the foxhole. Yes. I actually think this is a yes. guy that's playing and maybe even up. <clears throat> I would not, when we talked about Will Barton, like I think Will Barton is in, you know, the circle of trust or whatever, but would I be surprised if Austin Rivers played more minutes than Will Barton here or there? Not at all. In the fourth quarter sometimes? I mean, it could, not at all. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Rivers is in, man. River, Rivers is yeah, in. Oh, for sure. I think hey, Rivers has been in since the Austin Rivers game at DNVR bar. Like it, it was just waiting for when the time to appropriately insert him into the foxhole, but either, Michael Mullen loves him. The last one here, and we only have three minutes, thank God, so we don't have to exhaust this question too often for too much because we've talked about it every show for the last year. Um, Jamal Murray, just his return now, I mean, get, again, with all of the reports that we've had just coming out, not close, this or that, like, is your, have you officially switched? Have either of any of you officially switched to or one, you feel like it's more likely than not that he does not come back? And two, if he does come back, that is probably at this point a disaster and not like a cool thing that happens. If you guys flip at all, I'll start. We'll go and I'll start with Harrison. Yeah, I think I've flipped. Um, now, I'm not closing the door on it entirely, of course. But if I was like 60, 40 before, maybe I'm 40, Don't 60 say 50, now. 50. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, not 50-50. Like, I've, <laughs> I've definitely flipped for sure. When we did that roundtable last week, I mean, we all answered that, like, Michael Porter might be the more valuable guy or the guy the Nuggets need more in the playoffs because, like, Jamal Murray's game, man, it's it's going to be so tough for him 
to go from zero to a hundred. Right. And then right into the playoffs. It's just, he's got a game that it like, you just need the full availability of like your athleticism and your pace and your feel. You need all that stuff. And there's 10 games left. You know, like I always looked at 10 games as kind of the minimum that those guys would need, especially Jamal. Mike Mike can come back, I I think, in a less amount of time. But I always looked at 10 games as the minimum Jamal would need to come back and be a a guy you can, like, go to in the playoffs. Now I just think it's going to be really tough. And it's, yeah, I flipped. I flipped. Eric, have you flipped? Well, I, I flipped. It's true. Like we we saw Jamal Murray come back into the beginning of a season where it was clear he didn't work out that much over the off season because of the bubble, and he was not good for like yeah. a long time. You're, you, I mean, rhythm. That's the that is what uh, in finesse. That is what Jamal Murray's game is predicated on. You're exactly right, Harrison. And a lot of that comes with the making sure that your physical uh, training is in lockstep with your, uh, your shooting and everything. And like, that just literally just takes time. Like I, um, I mean, I don't know. We just keep hearing reports and I, we've not heard a positive report about (laughs) Jamal Murray until he he did go to Grand Rapids. Yeah. They just immediately came back. Right. Like again, the goddamn G league squad. Again, the report today was that he participated. Cause again, the the nuggets are just sugarcoating all of this for whatever reason. And then sharing it with Joe Varden, but Joe Varden reported today. He went there, played five on five the first day, but then had to reduce the workload the second day. That's the report now. So at first it was like, he worked out two days, like back to back days is great. It's come to find out like that second day, he just played horse. (laughs) I'm kidding. I think he did more than that, but he didn't play in five on five. This sucks. This Both sucks. Shooting, shooting competitions with Jason Terry. Yeah, I will say I haven't ruled it out. I originally, in my mind, had late March, final third of March, as when I hoped to started to hear good news, at the very least. And signs that I am definitely increasingly concerned. Um, I will say the second half of this equation, I was worried about that. From pretty much the time of the original injury, to be honest, I this never seemed like a ton of time for me. And I think Eric in the chat made some really good points about oh. when we've seen uh, Murray look his best. And it's certainly not in circumstances like these. Like he's at peak shape, right? At peak shape, at peak confidence, he looks like a world beater. But he's got to get himself there. By the way, I'm not holding – it's not a knock that he wouldn't be in peak shape after this injury. But it is a matter of fact. And so – I'm definitely there with – I don't know if he's going to come back and help this team win a title. Um, I, I won't close the door on his return, but I am – like Jokic said the other day, it probably makes the most sense mentally to just operate as if he's not coming back. And that's kind of where I'm at doing what we do as well. Yeah. I've I flipped in that. I Like now, honestly, if I don't think Jamal Murray's coming back tomorrow as he's been ruled out. So we're talking about at most nine games. Let's say he came back Saturday. I'm at the point now where I'm like – if he came back Saturday, one, the Nuggets are probably going to be in the play-in just because it's going to be so hard to integrate him. And two, will he be good with – that would be eight games under his belt. Would he be ready for the play-in and playoff? Probably not, It just and that's a bummer. So for me, I kind of have flipped a little bit and that I am now a skeptic. I don't know if I'm even rooting for him to return, um, and, and that sucks. It's a really – I think – I honestly think – the Celtics loss was bad, but whatever. I think it was the Cavs game, which was the one that felt like they should have won. They let one slip through their fingers. That was combined with the fact that Malone pregame of that game said that those guys are nowhere close. They're not on the immediate horizon or whatever. And I think it was the confluence of all these things that it's like the realization is setting in that this season might not actually have a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It might just be a, might just be nothing. Man. A mirage. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Last thing I got to say on Jamal. I... I have a lot of people in my mentions and even in the comments being like, oh, he's late to come back. Like, he's been out for so long. He's behind schedule. Like, this is why the Nuggets didn't do a timeline for his return. Because he's not behind schedule. He's not taking a a long time to come back. It was always going to be close. It was always always going to be close. Now, we all held out hope that it could be sooner because – we know Jamal is this maniacal worker and all the reports were good and they were, but it just hasn't come together as quickly as we hoped. But 
No, he's not behind schedule. He's he's on schedule. This is a serious injury, and a lot of guys missed 12 months. Markel Fultz just missed 13 months coming back from an ACL. He just came back. So it's it's not that he's behind schedule or anything. It's just it is what it is. <sighs> what is the line? What is it from? I thought I was going to go out in a blaze of glory, but I guess I'll just end up going home. <laughs> that might be the story of the Nugget season. Dude, like, hey, it's going to be a grind, but it's going to be the blaze of glory at the end. It might just be like, well. I know. Are we going to officially refer to and remember the season as the carrot dangle season? The thing that all yeah. season we were like, well, you know, this sucks. But at the end, we're going to get that sweet, sweet comeuppance. And then it turns out just the whole time we were like – lying to ourselves we're lying to ourselves you know what I've, I've seen more than one comment about my vibes not being immaculate i don't know what to do guys i uh i operate off of the vibes that i am given i can't generate vibes who who do you think i am you guys want to know i i know you gotta you can generate your own vibes so you need to work on that i think vibes <laughs> can be self-generated there's a uh, uh you guys, the three of you are vibers by the way i've explained this that there is a relationship between the vibes you receive and the vibes you send out it's just it's the way it works um you know what you does it say about your vibes what, what vibes are you setting out Adam? my I'm vibes curious. are always perfect it's crazy <laughs> i have the craziest vibes this is why today i saw the avocet he knew he just was like drawn to me um i will say one of my favorite things that nobody does is i wrap up the show uh, Super producer Kale sends me time updates like every 15, 20 minutes, just kind of reminding me. And then once we go past an hour, every 30 seconds, he sends me a new update. Like, right. hey, He's like, hey, 106, I okay, I send you an update every five <laughs> minutes after we go over an hour. I don't want to get dragged here. It's, it's awesome. It's almost like there's not a big red box in the corner that just has the time ticking. I've asked him to do it. He does it every time. He's very faithful. No, I, I know Kale's just doing his job. He's, he's the best. He's the best. Uh. Um, Dude, there's nothing right. quite like uh, I love talking about somebody and then they just appear in the chat. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening to today's show. We always it's enjoy these. Yeah, my vibes feel good right now. I feel great. This is the most I've ever enjoyed uh, disaster. I can't believe. It. I can't believe how much seeing that bird lifted your spirits. Oh my! It's not any bird. You saw it—the apposet with the beak, and it goes up. It's just incredible. It oh, I'm not arguing ball. with you. I mean, I obviously the, I felt the exact same way. I've just never known you to be so lifted by something like that. That's amazing. I'm very lifted. I'm gonna go check out and see what he's up to. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Hit that like button on the way out. We'll see you later.